0: This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome to the Birth Village Podcast. I am Morgan Brower and I have Dr. Katie Smith with me today. Again, you guys are so lucky that we've had her on a couple of times. Um... We are going to be talking about gestational diabetes today, and um, if you don't know what that is, you will very shortly. Hi, Katie.
1: <laughs> Hi, Morgan. Thank you for having me on again.
0: Thank you for coming, and thanks for preparing to teach us today, because I, the feedback that we've gotten, we have a lot of people that are really interested in like these learning topics when we do stuff like this, so I think this one's going to be big received really well
1: so excited to be here and help educate women in our area yay um
0: really quick let's just plug this in at the beginning uh can you tell us your title where you work stuff like that
1: yeah um so i'm dr katie smith i'm a prenatal postpartum pretty much women's health chiropractor here in southern utah i practice at crook sport and spine Um, I have type 1 diabetes, and that is the reason why I'm on here today, to educate women on gestational diabetes. Amazing. Thank you
0: so much. Okay, so I think everyone has heard diabetes before at least, right? Like everybody kind of has some idea of what diabetes is. Um, But will you explain to us what that means for the body? What's going on in the body when someone has diabetes?
1: Yeah, so there's actually three different types of diabetes. There's type 1, type 2, and then gestational So type one is an autoimmune disease where your pancreas doesn't produce enough insulin. Okay. Type two is more insulin resistance. That's more diet related. Um, Eating a lot of processed food, not exercising. Your pancreas just can't keep up with the intake. Okay. And then there's gestational diabetes. Now, gestational diabetes occurs when your body can't make enough insulin during your pregnancy and we know that there's so many hormonal changes during pregnancy, and they aren't really sure why women get gestational diabetes, mm. um, but they believe it has something to do with um, our hormone shifts. So, okay.
0: So, for some people, it can just like happen. Yeah.
1: So, as the, the placenta supports the baby, and as it grows. Sometimes these hormones also block the action of mother's insulin, making her more insulin resistant. So insulin resistance is when your cells aren't responding to insulin and you can't easily take up glucose from your blood. So glucose is sugar. So when you intake sugar, your pancreas produces insulin. It's like a key into your cell Mm -hmm. to help you process that sugar. But if you're not producing insulin, then your blood sugar is going to spike and then you have elevated sugars for a long period of time. Okay. So
0: in all three of these types of diabetes, it comes down to the pancreas. Yes. Okay. Pancreas is key. And insulin. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so they're all then, are they all managed
1: pretty similarly? Yes and no. So type one, majority of the time you need to be taking Insulin. So either would that be with a pump or shots?
0: Because your body's not making any? Yes. Or not enough?
1: Because your body is attacking your pancreas. So it's just not making anything. Type 2 diabetes and gestational can be, um, you can treat it with diet and exercise. Really? But sometimes if you go too far down the rabbit hole, you also need to start taking insulin. And there's nothing wrong with taking insulin. It's a great medicine. And it doesn't have a lot of side effects. Okay. So don't be afraid that it's like, oh, I let myself down. I'm taking insulin. No, you're doing the right thing for your body. Mm. But if you it's know, what your
0: body needs, then yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know that you also need to be making sure that you're eating right and exercising. Okay. So, t- and this is with type two and
0: gestational, you might be able to kind of like reverse the side effects
1: almost. I wouldn't say reverse side effects, but you definitely can manage it holistically without medication Mm -hmm. um but it's a lot of hard work like knowing what you can and can't eat yeah and especially exercising we live in such a sedentary lifestyle
0: yeah and keeping track of every little thing that you're putting in your mouth like it's exhausting
1: it really is but i mean it's totally worth it if you have babies or grandbabies. like you want to be able to live and be a part of their life and if that means that you have to have an apple for lunch instead of a cupcake I think it's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So
0: is gestational diabetes something that is avoidable at all? Because we, you said we kind of don't know. Some women will just get it and it's kind of strange or.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's where it comes back again. Like there's a lot of research on the market that they're doing on gestational diabetes to find more specifics. But if you exercise and you eat well, you're more than likely not going to get it. Now, there are some risk factors for gestational diabetes. Um, If you have a high BMI, if you have a history of of diabetes in your family, Mm -hmm. um, if you have a sedentary lifestyle, like all those things are going to put you at risk for insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. which then leads to gestational diabetes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are there signs
0: of gestational, of, of like insulin resistance? So like if you're headed down the path, like you might, be getting diabetes soon does that make sense yeah are you gonna
1: know you can tell by checking your blood sugar or just i mean really tuning in with your body on how you feel like sure okay i feel like there's such a spectrum like your blood sugar can go high or your blood sugar can go low like if you're feeling like really lightheaded and nauseous your blood sugar is low yeah that you need to um eat more or eat more protein compared to like For an example, Thanksgiving, Oh, so many carbs, so yummy, everybody takes a Thanksgiving nap. Yeah. If that's how you (laughs) feel after every meal, you should probably evaluate like what you're eating. Okay. Because carbs are going to make you more tired, which is going to elevate your blood sugar. So that's a great factor. If like every meal you're like, oh man, I need a nap, Mm -hmm. maybe we should evaluate what we're having.
0: Okay. Something's not right if you're that tired after eating. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Unless it's Thanksgiving. Unless it's Thanksgiving. In which case we know why you're tired. (laughs) That's the only time. (laughs) Um, okay. So it's, it's potentially avoidable if you are managing a a healthy lifestyle through diet and exercise. Do you have
1: any specifics on what that looks like? Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's, I don't really like to say diet because I feel like diet is such a negative loaded. Yeah. It's a loaded word. Um, But just like the lifestyle that you choose to live. Eating habits. Eating habits. Yes. Yes. So you can Google low glycemic index foods and that'll help you maintain your blood sugar. So for an example, instead of having potatoes, you have sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes won't elevate your blood sugar as much as regular potatoes. Interesting. And that's what glycemic index means because it's a big word. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just like, How your body processes the carbs. Okay. So I like to say that there's healthy carbs. Yeah. And there's not so healthy carbs. So fruit and vegetables, healthy carbs. Okay. Not so healthy carbs, processed foods. Chips, cookies, cakes, donuts, all the yummies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can have them, but just not every day. Yeah. And like for me... In my life, when I want a donut, I know that I need to have a good workout Oh, just for my body. Even though I'm taking insulin, I know that I need to exercise my body. That way my body is able to burn all that stuff off. Mm -hmm. So I won't feel like hot garbage later. Yeah.
0: Okay. I want to dig into something that I didn't necessarily prepare you for, but you've said something that that made me interested. So (laughs) um, eating a donut, I feel like sometimes there's a lot of, for example, a donut, right? Mm. Whatever, cupcake, whatever treat that you're going to have. Sometimes there's this um, like guilt or shame around having a treat like this. And then you're exercising to like punish yourself. Oh, I got to work these calories off because I ate a
1: donut or whatever. So you're saying it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. It's not necessarily calorie related. In my world. It's just helping your body process. I do understand, Morgan, where you're coming from, how most specifically women are like, oh, i got to burn these calories. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, well, I really need to work out tomorrow. Yeah. No. (laughs) Um, When you exercise, you're using all of your muscles, which is promoting blood to them, which is going to help get everything out. Amazing. So exercise is such a big thing other than burning your calories. Other than burning calories. It's about just getting your blood flow
0: going, keeping your organs pump, get uh, uh, blood flow and keeping everything healthy. And it's not
1: necessarily like, oh, I had one donut. I need to go work out at CrossFit for two hours. It's (laughs) like I had one donut. Maybe I'm going to go for like a 15 minute walk afterwards. So research has shown that if you, when you eat and if you go for like a 15 to 30 minute walk afterwards, that's going to help lower your blood sugar more than anything.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I had no idea. idea. I've never heard of that, but that's really cool.
1: It is so cool. And it's, So easy, like how much we have at hand to help with our bodies. Like going for a simple walk after lunch will help you feel so much better. And it's going to help you probably live a lot longer because you're exercising, but it doesn't feel like hardcore exercise. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Is this good practice for anyone? Yes. hundred percent. Especially in the lifestyle, like the world that we live in. Yeah. Type two diabetes is a lot of people are affected by it.
0: Mm hmm. So, okay. You guys heard it here. Go for a walk after your lunch. (laughs) Maybe not in the hundred degree weather that we're going to be experiencing here soon, but maybe you go for a walk inside the mall. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one inside the mall. Um, okay. So we talked about potentially avoiding gestational diabetes, but why would somebody want to avoid that? Because you, I mean, you mentioned before, we have insulin. We have all these things that can like handle this for you. But why might we want to avoid gestational diabetes?
1: Yeah. So first of all, it's pretty hard on your body when you start having insulin resistance. Mm. Um, Can you just talk about Just in the fact that? that like your body is not working optimally. Okay. So if there's something in your power to change that, I would change it. Yeah. Um, But... When we get gestational diabetes, you automatically get put into the high-risk category. And with that, you have more monitoring. You probably will be induced. um, You have a higher chance of having bigger babies, which can lead to a cesarean birth instead of vaginal deliveries. There's many things that can happen um, with that. Mm. Okay.
0: So just, it's it's going to... Take away some of your options. That's going to take away some of your
1: options. And, but again, like just because you're diagnosed with gestational diabetes doesn't necessarily mean, like, oh, well, you're done for. Yes. (laughs) Everything's going to hit the fan. You can, like, show your provider that you're working so hard that you want these things like, oh, well, I really want a vaginal delivery. So I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to do these things for me and my baby. That way we get the birth that we want. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, like if we get diagnosed with gestational diabetes and we don't change our lifestyle, then yeah, those things might be an option for you. Okay. You might be induced. You might have a bigger baby. You know, you might have complications during delivery with your blood sugar. Mm. Um, But also your baby is living their life off of your blood sugar. So mm. they have a working pancreas and you may not. So if your blood sugar is high, your baby's going to kind of be used to that. So if they come out of the womb, their blood sugar might drop because eventually, like you're not there having that high blood sugar. So their mm. pancreas is producing tons of insulin that they don't need yeah
0: and then that can cause them problems in their lifetime yes. just because their pancreas is used to being overloaded and mm-hmm.
1: yeah wow. so that's something that most people don't talk about is the effect of baby yeah. gestational diabetes is not just about your
0: delivery it's not just about becoming high risk but this is about the life of your child mm-hmm. long term yes mm. wow Okay, well thank you for telling us all of those things. (laughs) Um you though, you were considered high risk and a couple of weeks ago we got to hear your story. And you were able to manage everything and to basically have a essentially a low risk type of delivery. Yes. Um, which is amazing. So it's proof that it's possible.
1: It is possible, but I would just like to tell everyone out there if you haven't listened to my birth stories. I was also induced. Yeah. But I made it to 39 and 6, which typically they're inducing between 37 and 38 weeks. Um, But my body was ready for delivery, and I did everything possible going in. I knew that I did everything possible going in. So I was able to feel comfortable with being induced Mm -hmm. and you still have options when getting induced, but that's enough. That's another topic. Yeah.
0: Maybe we'll hit that another time, (laughs) (laughs) but seriously, for those who are listening, it's definitely worth going back and listening to Katie's birth story because you really did a good job of, of getting out of it, what you could and what you wanted. And so good job. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Can we talk about the testing
1: for gestational diabetes specifically? Yes. Okay. Um, So typically they have you go in fasting, um, meaning that you're not eating for 8 to 10 hours. Why? Um, Because they don't want anything to influence your blood sugar. For an example, like if you go in after eating breakfast, um, you might have like something super sugary like cereal. That's going to influence your Your blood sugar test. So they want you fasting that way. They know that you exactly have 50 grams of sugar in your body. And this is what your blood sugar is doing. Just the control. The control. Yes. No outside factors. Um, So you go in. It's a one hour glucose test. Meaning you take 50 grams of sugar from this sugary drink. People like consider it like Gatorade on steroids with extra sugar. (laughs) Um, You wait an hour and then they test your blood sugar. Okay. This is
0: also if you're seeing a doctor, because midwives do things a little bit differently as far as gestation goes. And we will, we can talk about that afterwards. Yes. But,
1: okay. Yes. There are options with the testing, but typically when you're at an OB office um, or a family practice medical doctor, you're doing the one hour glucose tolerance test. Now, okay. some providers let you do the fresh test. Um, which is something that you can buy online that just has cleaner products. Okay. So if
0: you're concerned about is, do you know why somebody might be concerned about the glucose test? Like are there side
1: effects or anything? I wouldn't, I mean, 50 grams of sugar, that's a lot. You're probably going to feel like hot garbage afterwards. (laughs) Um, Especially on like a fasting state. You might get an upset belly, you might get a headache. um, But the... Drink that they have you take is pretty. I don't want to say the word synthetic, but it's pretty synthetic. Like there's okay. dyes in it. Not the greatest sugar options. Okay. Like if you have a clean diet, it might really affect you. Like you'll notice how you'll feel disgusting afterwards. Okay. Just because you're not used to taking 50 grams of sugar in all at once. And synthetic and, and with dyes. And yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's orange for a reason. <laughs> so.
0: Um, but you mentioned a fresh test. Yes. And the fresh test you order
1: it? Yeah, you can order it online. But you'd have to talk to your doctor before, right? Yes. You have to get it approved. Like get it approved, talk to your daughter daughter.
0: <laughs> Her too,
1: if you want. Talk to your- <laughs> No, just kidding. Um, you have to get it approved by your doctor before doing the test. So, um, you just bring it up probably the appointment before you're testing like hey how do you feel about me using the fresh test um, that's what I would like to do for my glucose tolerance test okay. and see what they say
0: I've also heard of some people being allowed to have 50 grams of sugar through like orange juice or even I've heard of people
1: being able to take eat some jelly beans yes <laughs> you need like I forgot how many jelly beans that you need to eat. But yeah, there's a very specific number. There's (laughs) a specific number. Um, And like we said, it's all about who your provider is. So if you talk to your provider and they're okay with different options, then you can totally do that. Um, So... I would say majority of our doctors are like, okay, yeah, I'll allow the fresh test and orange juice. Okay.
0: Can you give us an example of what that conversation might look like with your doctor? Because I think that sometimes some of the people who are listening might be like, okay, in theory, it sounds like a good idea, but I don't know how to use my voice yet, especially in a room with a provider. Yeah.
1: How does that conversation go? Well, first off, you should feel comfortable with your provider. If you don't yeah. feel like you can ask them questions... Maybe they're not the right provider for you and that's totally okay. Like each provider wants to have a patient that is excited to see them and they want to be excited to see their patient. Yeah. Okay. So just like sitting down and being honest with them, like, hey, I know I have my glucose tolerance test soon. Is there an alternative other than the glucola drink? I just don't want to take that in my body. It's not something I want to do. Mm-hmm. And they should give you some options.
0: Okay. Um, and then it wouldn't hurt to go in knowing a couple
1: of potential alternatives, bring up the fresh test or even if you want to like bring it in and show it to them Mm -hmm. that way they can like read it and see, um, because they're not going to be there when you take your test. So, okay. So you can like show them like, Hey, I want to take this. Is this something that you approve of? Yeah.
0: Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Um, okay. So we've got, Oh, I have a little note here that says, 20 jelly beans. Ooh. So it seems like it is 20 jelly beans for 50 grams of sugar, maybe.
1: And I just pulled up the fresh test and all that's in it is sugar, crystallized lemon and mint. Oh. So that's like, amazing. Yeah, there's no nasty ingredients in the fresh test.
0: Okay. Cool. We love that. Um we talked about why the test has to be fasting. Um if you like hypothetically What if you ate an egg for breakfast? You like forgot you're supposed to be fasting or something. What would that do to the results?
1: I think it would be fine. I Mm. feel like it'd be different if it was like cereal,
0: yeah, or or syrupy pancakes or something,
1: pancakes or like yogurt and berries. Like, okay, having um a protein, I don't think necessarily will influence as much. Um, I mean, I would still do it fasting, that's going to give you the best, of course, um, result. Um, but Actually, when you have protein with sugar, it's going to help your body be able to digest the sugar a little bit easier. Hmm. So you won't have a such intense spike.
0: Okay. So good tip for regular life, but it's going to maybe not make your test as accurate. Yes. Okay. Have protein. If you're having sugar. Yes. Okay. And go for a walk. Yes. (laughs) Um, Okay. Then going back to the test, you drink the drink, you drink your fresh chest, you eat your jelly beans, whatever you're going to do. And then you wait for an hour.
1: Yeah. You wait an hour to see how your body's processing the sugar. Then afterwards, they're going to test your blood to see what your sugar levels are. Okay. So um, below 140 is considered standard. Between 140 and 190, you need to do the three hour um, glucose tolerance test and then anything above 190, you're, you have gestational diabetes. Okay. Well, let's talk about the different type of
0: way that midwives will do the testing. Yes. I know a little bit about it because it's how I went about doing the the glucose monitoring, but do you want to tell us about it? I can. Okay. (laughs)
1: Um, so with midwives, it's a little bit different. Um, Most of the time they will give you a monitor and you will check your own blood sugar for like three days. So you'll check right before you eat, an hour after you eat and fasting Mm -hmm. um, just to see where you're at. And it's the same thing. Like they're looking for those spikes if you're above a certain number or below a certain number. Okay. And why is that not available if you're seeing a doctor? It really isn't just in the fact that OBs are seeing so many people it's just like so hard for them to do that got it and we lose that control right like when you go in and do the test you know that they're fasting you know how much they took and you know exactly what their sugar levels are because this test isn't something to not do I mean I think every pregnant woman should be doing it and it shouldn't be something that you cheat on right well okay let's talk about (laughs) that
0: that's the whole thing about midwives, right? The, like the whole way that they test, yeah. you just have a glucose monitor and you test it yourself. Yeah. I, the reason why we don't want to cheat, let's jump into that because there's a lot of potential risks. If you have gestational diabetes, we talked about like th- your pancreas and the effect that it can have on your baby, but this can increase your risks of like preeclampsia, yes. high blood pressure, yes, protein
1: in your urine, yes. stuff like that it can definitely do some damage to your body. So this is definitely something to take serious and to be honest with yourself of when you're getting the test done, you don't want to put your body at risk. You don't want to put your provider at risk and Mm -hmm. you don't want to put your baby at risk. Mm -hmm. So getting this test done is something that's super important. Yeah.
0: In today's fast paced world, We often forget to prioritize ourselves amidst the demands and expectations of others, especially all you mamas listening. The Luminous Self Workshop is your chance to reconnect back to yourself and hone in on a profound sense of love. It will be held on July 8th and will include guided meditations, seminars, breath work, and soul-connecting activities with other like-minded women. Intuition exists within each of us. By honing this innate ability, you'll allow yourself to be open to receiving and creating more love in your life. The facilitators of this amazing workshop will lead you through exercises and practices to strengthen your inner voice and empower you. I can't think of a better way to fill your cup. Click the link in the episode description to purchase your ticket or head over to Instagram and look up Lexi Forbes 18 that's L-E-X-I-E, F-O-R-B-E-S 1-8 and you can click the link in her bio or check out her workshop highlight bubble for all the information that you need. So if you do test positive for gestational diabetes... Okay, wait, wait, wait. I do have another question. Okay. (laughs) If you... Have type two diabetes before you become pregnant. Do you just handle it the same way?
1: Yeah. So you already be considered high risk okay. and your doctor would be monitoring you closely. Um, they most likely will not have you take the glucose test because we already know that your body can't tolerate sugar. Well, okay. Um, and then if you have diabetes
0: and, or you have gestational diabetes, um, you do test positive for that. What do you do?
1: Yeah. So like we said, like diet and lifestyle changes, but if it comes down to it, you will end up possibly taking insulin and there's nothing wrong with taking insulin. Um, insulin doesn't cross the placenta. So it has no effect on baby Mm. and there's not really any side effects, um, with taking the drug other than like injection site, because it would be a, needle going into your body okay
0: um you can't there's no like um oral insulin that you can take no there's
1: not but luckily like it's kind of crazy how much science has changed yeah um like for an example my dad's friend who is like 70 he has type 1 diabetes and he was telling me when he was growing up like he had glass syringes, like actual reusable needles, where it's like nowadays we have these little insulin pumps that are just connected to our body that give us insulin for three days and then you switch it out and then yeah. you get to do that. Or we have these portable pens who you twist on a needle, take it off, throw it away, and the pen is still good. Um so it's just wild how much science has been changing and it's so exciting because yeah. eventually it'd be so cool where we don't even have to have like a big insulin pump and it'll be even smaller. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I want to talk about with you is sorry, can pregnant women use the insulin pump
0: too? Or is that mostly for type one and type two?
1: Usually they won't give you an insulin pump when you're pregnant, just in the fact that it's so it'll go away maybe. Yeah, it'll go away and insulin pumps are quite expensive. Okay. So it's, um, makes more sense to do pens. Um, For the rest of your pregnancy and see how you do afterwards. Got it. Okay. So in my life, I actually didn't get a pump until a year and a half ago when I decided that I eventually wanted to have kids because you can manage your blood sugar so much easier with an insulin pump. Okay. Because it gives you blood or it gives you insulin 24 seven, it's continuous. Okay. Where with a pen, it's like 15 minutes before you eat. And if you go high, you have to give yourself more insulin. Okay. Um, but if you do get diagnosed with gestational diabetes, one thing that I want every person out there to do is ask your provider for a continuous glucose monitor. So it's just this device that goes on your skin and it gives you your blood sugar throughout the day. Okay. Um, instead of pricking your finger. Oh, that way, you know, exactly what is affecting you because everybody's body is different. Like for an example, um, bananas, which are something super healthy, mm-hmm. they make my blood sugar spike. But if I have an apple, my blood sugar won't spike as high. Mm. So, I mean, like different things like that, like you might feel like you're doing something right, but it, your body just might not handle that exact food that way.
0: And s- is it similar for other maybe less healthy foods as well like some of them are going to affect you more than others
1: yeah so I can tell like if I make french fries at home totally good but if I go out to eat french fries so bad really but I mean like nowadays most restaurants are using seed oils which is going to create high inflammation in your body where at home I don't eat seed oil so PSA, don't eat any. Sedol. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the PSA. <laughs> okay,
0: very interesting. So, the continuous glucose monitor, you said it goes on your skin.
1: Yeah, so there is like a small catheter that is inside your skin. And then where? The- on your arm. Yeah, so you can put it on your abdomen, on your arm, on your legs. Okay. Pretty much just like the fatty area of your body. Okay. So, typically where I use it is. Um, on my triceps and then kind of on the side hip area. Do you move it around? I move it around because you don't want to do it in the same place because that's going to create scar tissue and then you won't get as good readings. Mm -hmm. So most continuous glucose monitors allow you to place it for 10 days and then you have to move it again. So for an example, I'll place it on my left hip for 10 days. The next day I'll do right. Okay. Next time, right hip. Then I'll move to my right arm, left arm, and I'll just do a giant circle. That way I don't have okay. to think about it. What What's the price point like on that? It depends on your insurance, um, but there's different types of glucose monitors. That way you can find which one works for you. Like cool. the Libre, and then there's Dexcom, and there's some off-brand ones as well.
0: Okay, amazing. If you didn't pass your, your original like gestational, your glucose test, can
1: you do it again? Is there any reason that you'd want to do it again? Yeah. So if you didn't pass your one hour test, they will have you do a three hour test. Oh, like that's standard practice. That is standard practice. Okay. Um, The three hour test, they give you a little bit more sugar and they give your body t- a little bit more time to process the sugar. Okay. So sometimes women who have such a healthy lifestyle, who actually don't eat any synthetic sugars, Mm -hmm. they will actually fail because their body is like, whoa, okay, this is new. It freaks their body out. It freaks them out. Interesting. Um, And I mean, like you also have the other end of the spectrum where women who have insulin resistance are also not going to pass their one hour test. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you don't pass or yeah, if you don't pass your one hour, just think like, do I live a healthy lifestyle or is (laughs) <laughs> this something that my body's just not reacting well to. Yeah.
0: You're not going to contest it if you know that you've been eating junk all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then, so then we we talked a little bit about insulin. Do we have, do you have more to say about insulin? No, we're kind of, think- we kind of wrapped it up there, but that is an option if you tested positive for gestational diabetes and, but also is proving that you can handle it at home? Is that an option?
1: Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, If you are pretty strict with yourself and you show your provider that you're doing well, there's no reason why you need to be put on insulin if okay. you change your diet. And there are diabetes educators out there who help you create a nutrition plan. That way you aren't in this alone. Like there's people out there to help you. So don't feel like, it's very overwhelming, which I totally understand. Yeah. Um, so don't feel like you're alone in this journey. Like there are people out there to help you if you're trying to avoid taking medicine. And
0: again, it's not a bad thing to be taking insulin. Yes. But if that's, if you are trying to avoid taking yeah, medicine. Yeah, like if
1: you're almost like borderline, like, okay, well, you're like a little bit above the like threshold that we like. Mm-hmm. Maybe exercising and eating correctly will help. So Lily Nichols actually has a book. Real Food for Gestational Diabetes? Awesome resource. Okay. And she goes on recipes and why certain foods would affect your blood sugar versus non-certain foods. So it's more than just like
0: telling you exactly what to eat. It's education as
1: well. It's education. And it's, like I said, it's every body is different. You need to figure out what's going to work for you. And your lifestyle. Like if you are super busy in the morning, you don't have time to sit down and make this extravagant meal. Okay. So meal prepping is a big thing.
0: Meal prep for your busiest times and then, okay. Um, Can you give us some examples of what a healthy lifestyle looks like? Some people don't know.
1: Yeah. So at least moving your body for 45 minutes a day. Okay. And consecutive 45 minutes or in chunks? I mean, I like consecutive 45 <laughs> minutes, but you can do chunks as well. You can. That's um, OK. OK. It doesn't have to be consecutive. I like it to be consecutive because for me, it's like, OK, this is my time. 45 minutes. Yeah. Nobody bother me. Yeah. This is me time, which I feel like is important. Yeah. Um, but if you're breaking it up, that also works. But when we're exercising, we want to make sure that we get our heart rate um, elevated okay um but i mean like exercising can look different for everybody but you need to find what's gonna make you happy because then then you're gonna do it every day yeah so if you like going to crossfit or f45 or orange theory then do that if you like to do yoga in your living room or go to a studio do Mm -hmm. that if you just like walking your dog do that you just need to find something that you like to do and that you love because and then you'll do it every single day. If you don't like it and it's a chore, you're going to drop off and not want to do it
0: anymore. Right. So as long as you're getting your heart rate elevated, it can be broken up throughout the day, but each time you're breaking it up, you should be getting your heart rate up there. Yeah. And then find something that you enjoy so you don't feel like it's a punishment. Yes. I loved swimming.
1: Yeah. When I was pregnant. That's a great one. felt so good to get the gravity off yeah, your, of your belly. And <laughs> yes. And especially here where it's so hot swimming so is a hot. great resource.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So, and then we talked a little bit about how that's getting the blood pumping throughout your whole body, just keeping, keeping you alive and healthy. Um, but real food for pregnancy is the sorry. Real food for gestational diabetes is the book that we just referenced. Yes. Why is real food important why does that matter
1: yeah so when we're talking about real food to me it's like anything that you can find right like in the wild like Mm -hmm. i can find fruit vegetables meat Mm -hmm. um when we have more processed food like if you look on the back of a cereal box there's ingredients on there that you have no idea what it means mm-hmm. so you probably shouldn't be putting it in your body <laughs> but there if you are, can't pronounce it if you can't it's a little pronounce scary. it if there's more than five ingredients in it it's probably not real food <laughs> it was yeah. made in um, a factory somewhere and it was shipped out
0: uh-huh. and that's just going to affect your blood sugar differently than real food
1: yes yeah and it even comes down to like um protein powders
0: mm-hmm.
1: like there are synthetic forms of sugar that are in protein powders but on the actual canister, it'll say like, oh, zero grams of sugar. Mm-hmm. So we think that's fine to eat. But then you'll take it and you'll notice that your blood sugar is elevated for a long period of time. And you're mm-hmm. like, why? I just had a protein shake. And it, with no sugar in it. No sugar. So that's something that our society really struggles with, especially in our grocery stores. Like things will be labeled healthy or keto, mm-hmm. but their ingredients are not healthy or good for you. Just because it says zero grams of sugar, Mm -hmm. it's still going to affect your body in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that there,
0: our society, you mentioned that we are kind of confused about a lot of nutritional facts. We are so confused. (laughs) We're very confused. Um, but something that is like a tried and true that will stand alone for a long time is real food. Mm-hmm. Your body understands real food. Your body understands how to process real food. So if you're like the protein powder we talked about, if you got to eat some protein powder, I don't know, do what you got to do, but you should not be getting all of your protein from, from pr- synthetic protein. Yes. Um, so let's, what about macronutrients and like balanced diets? It, does that play into all of this?
1: Yeah. I mean like it's all correlated, right? Like mm-hmm. we need to make sure that we have a well-balanced meal um for our bar- for our body. But then again, everybody is different. Yeah. And I feel like that's where like if you are confused, reach out to your local diabetes clinic and okay. Get um a meeting with a diabetes educator and they can help you create a meal plan because what's going to work for you may not work for me. Like mm-hmm. I pretty much eat protein and fruit okay like that's what tell us what protein what are you eating that's protein um lots of eggs meat um and fruit that's pretty much my
0: life okay and that's what's keeping your blood sugars balanced
1: yeah and that's what works for me Mm -hmm. but it might not work for somebody else
0: Okay, if you are looking for, let's say you moved somewhere new and mm-hmm. you're trying to find a uh, like diabetes educator, like yes. you mentioned, tell me what you're typing into Google.
1: Um, so a couple of things. If you're getting diagnosed with gestational diabetes from your medical provider, they will probably have you go see an endocrinologist. Okay. In the endocrinologist's office, they most likely will have a diabetes educator. Okay. Or a nutritionist. Cool. Um, so those are the words. That was. That's probably the most common pathway that you will take. Mm-hmm. If you're going there and you know that you have insulin resistance and you're just trying to get above that before things go down to gestational diabetes. Yeah. And you're just going to Google somebody. Yeah. Google diabetes educator or nutritionist.
0: Okay. And they're going to be able to help you get things balanced and under control. Yes.
1: (laughs) And they should be able to help you.
0: Okay. Awesome.
1: And I just want to say like gestational diabetes affects up to 10% of pregnancies in the United States every year. So, I mean, it is something that's happening and we need to be aware Mm -hmm. of. It's pretty significant. Yeah.
0: But it is potentially avoidable.
1: Yeah. If you take care of your body and know what you're putting into it, it is avoidable. Okay. Do as a
0: little bit of a wrap up, do you have suggestions for a specific diet plan that someone can follow? Like for example, keto is a diet plan, but that's probably not what you should be doing during pregnancy.
1: <laughs> um, I feel like the biggest thing is making sure that you're taking, you're intaking more protein than you are carbs. I feel like okay. nowadays everybody's like, oh, I had pasta with a couple of meatballs. You know, like the pasta is the majority <laughs> of the plate and we have three meatballs.
0: So you should have meatballs with a couple pasta. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, eating more protein and more protein will lower your risk of preeclampsia, gestational diabetes. Whoa. There's so much things and protein will help with morning sickness. It helps regulate your blood sugar and that's why people get morning
0: sickness so right talk about that for two seconds
1: okay morning sickness it affects a lot of women during pregnancy and there's a lot of different reasons why we get sick one of them is because your blood sugar isn't being maintained because of the hormone shift during the first trimester Mm -hmm. so if we go up in our blood sugar and then we plummet down you're going to get sick okay if you go up really fast you're going to feel nauseous
0: Mm, so that's why if you eat something you feel nauseous. Yes, because a
1: spike. You got a spike. Yeah, you got a spike. Okay. Um. So that's why eating protein will help stabilize your blood sugar. You won't feel as nauseous, but it's going to be really hard to intake protein because all you want to eat is crackers. Right. So you have to make sure that like, okay, I'm having crackers, but I'm also going to have some form of protein, whether that be cheese, eggs, something to help regulate it. That way you don't get that intense spike.
0: Okay. Greek yogurt, Greek yogurt, something trying to like, think of all the easy protein that I know of. (laughs) Um, and why is, why is protein such a big deal? What's going on in our body when we eat protein?
1: Because your body isn't burning it as fast as carbs. So with carbs, it's like quick energy. Okay. So if you're running a marathon you want carbs. You want like those yeah. gel packs because that's going to give you quick energy. Protein's going to help stabilize you so you feel fuller longer um, and you have continuous energy throughout the day. Okay. It'll kind of s- streamline your blood sugar for you.
0: Okay. We talked about real food for gestational diabetes by, was it Lily Nichols? Yes. She also has a real food for pregnancy book so if you don't have gestational diabetes but you feel like you need to be eating healthier that's a great resource um trisha talks a lot about the dr brewer's diet actually more than trisha a lot of women in our community talk about that um any other recommendations i
1: feel like all those are great because they're mostly protein heavy heavy okay and knowing what kind of carbs you're intaking
0: Okay. And I think for some people that don't have a really well rounded understanding of nutrition, it's helpful to follow a plan. Yes. Like that. But if you understand nutrition and you understand what we're saying about carbs and protein, go ahead and just make sure you're eating more protein. Than yes, carbs. yes. Yes. Okay. Is there any other nuggets of wisdom that you would like to give us?
1: I just don't I want women to like not feel defeated. Just because you got diagnosed with gestational diabetes. Yeah. Just know that you are in control of your body. And with this diagnosis, maybe you can start feeling a certain way. Like, oh my, I was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. This was like a wake-up call. I need to start taking care of my body. That way when my child's born, and born I'm able to take care of them mm-hmm. and feel good. Mm-hmm. So don't be discouraged, but definitely do something about it. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't been
0: diagnosed with gestational diabetes, do something about that too. Yeah. Prevention. Yes.
1: Making sure that, I mean, what you're intaking, you're feeding directly to your baby. So Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't give your baby something, you also shouldn't be eating it. Okay. Amazing. Katie,
0: you're so wonderful.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Morgan.
0: It's always a pleasure to spend time with you. And also, yeah, I just love learning from you too um again once again katie works at crux sport and spine she is a just you tell us again women's health
1: (laughs) yeah so you can find me at crux sport and spine here in southern utah i'm a women's health chiropractor focusing on prenatal and postpartum and you can find me on instagram at the mom cairo
0: Amazing. I want to do a little quick plug for your, um, postpartum workshops too. Yes. Um, we've had ads for those on the other episodes and I don't know if there's going to be time to sign up before the next one when they're hearing this, but you're planning
1: on doing them quarterly. Yeah. So we'll be doing our postpartum workshops quarterly. And this is something so important for every mom, whether it's your first or your fifth, um, planning your postpartum is so important Mm -hmm. because you don't know what to expect. And if, things aren't going well it's nice to already have a plan in place who's yeah. watching the kids who's bringing us food yeah time for you and your partner that was like a big thing for me postpartum was yeah. making sure that me and my partner had time together so
0: and you're just like coming out of freshly postpartum. I'm coming
1: out of the fog of postpartum (laughs) life. I am. We're eight weeks postpartum.
0: So this, uh, testimonial is for real. It's so important to plan.
1: Yes. It helped me so much to plan my postpartum, especially with it being my first, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So I'm glad that I did. Okay. We have, so if you
0: are interested in that and you don't live local, but you feel like you want to take a visit to St. George, that'll be coming up quarterly. So just Plan accordingly, I yes. guess. Awesome. Um, do you think that you'll be offering that like over Zoom or anything like that? We definitely could. Okay. So reach out then. Yeah. Okay. If
1: you're interested, let us know.
0: I love it. I'm so excited. That's it's just you're doing amazing things. Thank oh, you. Thanks, <laughs> okay, so you guys heard all about gestational diabetes. Um make sure that you're eating real food. Eat a good amount of protein check us out on instagram at the birth village podcast send us a voicemail if you'd like to four two four 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 one bvp or one two eight seven we would love to hear from you send us um, you know some reviews or like let us know what you think about the episodes let us know what you want to hear we just seriously we love hearing from you guys so much it brightens our day um, if you are feeling generous please leave us a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening on. We have a little um, reel on Instagram. If you don't know how to do that, check it out. We would just love your help. That's going to help us spread our message far and wide. And we want everyone to feel empowered. So it's important to us and we would appreciate your help with that. And you know what? If you have someone who you think could benefit from this episode, go ahead and share it with them anyways, with all of that said, just one last thank you to Katie. And do you want to sign us
1: out? Yeah. Empowered women, empower women. Thanks for listening.